0: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions, and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. African-American author and writer of Cameroonian descent, Emmanuel Kulu Jr. has a deep passion for history and creative arts. Kulu questioned the validity of prior novel and film depictions of the imagery of the ancient Egyptians who were, in fact, African people. Based on his study and research, Kulu created a mythological story based off true events, I, Black Pharaoh, Rise to Power. He took his passion a step further and founded the Ancient African Antiques Research Institute of America in an effort to provide digital and print resources, workshops, live speaker series, and more. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016, and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app, so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world, minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. Welcome, Emmanuel Kulu. How are you?
1: I am doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. I'm super excited to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Awesome. All right, Emmanuel, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now.
1: I am an African historian and the author of I, Black Pharaoh, Rise to Power. And I, as I mentioned, I'm an African historian of a company that I've started called ARIA, which is Ancient African Antiquities Research Institute of America. Our goal is to change the narrative of ancient Africa and show how it applies to all human history, which has been somewhat separated from history from what we know today.
0: Yeah, so I was privileged to listen in on one of your presentations on LinkedIn, and you were speaking about your book. Tell us a bit about that and what drove you and what's your passion behind it? Because you've got a lot of passion oh, and yeah. Need to hear it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the book, I Black Pharaoh Rise to Power is out right now. Uh, Amazon bestseller right now. So shout out to Pennant Publications for believing in us first and foremost. But the passion behind it was when you look at Egyptian films, you never see them as Africans. But if you go to Egypt, you're actually looking on the walls and seeing some of the people in southern Egypt who are the only people who speak the pharaonic language. You're finding that these are the descendants of these pharaohs, but these Africans are never put on the screen as Egyptian people. So I wanted to tell Egypt from its true African context in a story of historical fiction, but also making it a historical adventure to transport readers into these ancient times and also see them as Black Africans.
0: Right, which may be new to certain people right? Mm-hmm.
1: Very no, very <laughs> so, no. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so, you know, thinking about, you know, leadership is about speaking truth to power. Leadership is about speaking truth, period. So how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, you know, it comes with its challenges, right? Because even with, you know, being a leader, knowing the truth, you know, an elder once told me, once you know the truth, prepare to fight for it. Because truth is not something that the world we live in wants to readily accept. I mean, even you got guys like Dr. King and Malcolm X that stood for something, but they really weren't accepted until after they died. You know, so we find that a lot of great leaders put their life on the line for the work that they do. So for me, I'm one of those guys that speaks truth no matter what. I've been through a long storm of different things, hate mail, um, racist things that were said to me because of trying to restore ancient Egypt back to its African context, But as a leader, you have to stand firm on what you believe. My motto is face everything and rise.
0: Mm, I love it. We do have to stand firm for what we believe, but we also have to continue to be open minded. Right. Um, Because people who you speak truth to have a belief system sometimes and they're entrenched in the belief system Mm -hmm. and their minds aren't open to the possibility that their truth could be different, or we can change it. I mean, when I was 20, I knew things to be true. I stood, you know, really strong on it. I don't think those things now. But it's because I've intentionally been open minded to listen to conversations and to be open to new possibilities, new thoughts, right? right, which is what you bring to the table. And I value. And so where can we get more information? I know you have a website.
1: Yes, the website is www.com iblackpharaoh.com. That's I-B-L-A-C-K-P-H-A-R-A-O-H.com. And if you want information on ARIA, which is Ancient African Antiquities Research Institute of America, you go to www.aaria.org. And that will tell you about all the things that we're doing in restoring true African history to our curriculum for our youth to grow up knowing not just partial history, but as much history as we can give them.
0: Thank you so much for all you do. It's super important work. Now, can you share with us any quotes, advice, practice that helps you most during crisis?
1: Um, You know, as that term I mentioned earlier, which is fear, it's just Mm -hmm. F. E-A-R, face everything and rise. So when dealing with situations like the pandemic, we've had to adjust to virtual. Now, I'm a guy who's used to traveling and going and doing my events in person. So now I've had to adjust to having a camera, a Zoom in my face. So we have to learn to adapt to our environment, despite the message is not supposed to stop. But even during a pandemic, you still have to have that hand-to-hand. It's something about getting a flyer in your hand about an event that's just so personal to people that they feel it. So you still want to be physical as well as virtual nowadays. And I think that's going to be the wave of the future going forward.
0: And I'm with you. That word pivot, which was a, what, 2020 word? people still use. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional, right? And I love what you said, fear. The acronym for face everything and rise. Mm -hmm. I love that. We're not dismissing fear. We are actually facing it. You know, I know that there are some people that want to be fearless. I believe that fear is an emotion that was given from, you know, our creator for a reason. And so it has its place, but I love this face everything Mm -hmm. and rise.
1: And there's one more too, sister. There's one more too. Is everything you want is on the other side of your fear. So that's another thing with fear, you know, everything between you and what you want to be is on the other side of your fear. So you got to get over there and you got to be ready to face it. So same thing as the, the first acronym.
0: We'll kind of digress here a little bit, because I think this is really important to speak on fear as leaders, how we handle when that comes up is super important. So can you share things with us, any tips or advice? as we face fear in our lives.
1: Yeah, you know, um, for me personally, as I was writing this book and I started to put out images of the book towards social media, as I mentioned before, I received lots of hate mail because people didn't want to see this type of change. And I had to really dig deep inside myself and ask myself, is this the path that I want to continue? Do I fully believe in it? And I think that's something that everyone needs to ask themselves when they're doing anything, is this something that's worth it for you? Is it worth going through the fight? Is it worth going through the rain and the pain and everything else and see the goal. Beyond the pain, you need to see the goal. This is a method that my father once told me in dealing with this situation when I was ready to give up is beyond that pain, see the goal, see what lies after, see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, that's some advice that I'll give to everyone out there today.
0: You're a visionary. You're a person who has great patience. You're very poised, very wise too, because to do what you're doing takes a certain amount of wisdom, humility as well. And those two are so connected and resiliency. Um, And so I applaud what you're doing. Keep it up. I'm a fan, which is why I invited you to come on. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Um,
0: I love courage when I see it, and you're paving the way. And so that's beautiful.
1: Thank you, sis. I appreciate it.
0: All right. So, as a lifelong learner, Emmanuel, what are you learning right now?
1: I'm continuing to learn and develop more on the African presence in the America before Columbus. And I love it. I love just uncovering these things by researching, traveling, learning from other uh, scholars, uh, researchers, historians. Um, you know, you have to be open-minded when it comes to these things, because we don't know it all. As much as we may think we may know, we may have five degrees, but we don't know it all. And that's a great thing about history is we're constantly learning and it's constantly has to be refined, you know, because we didn't live back then. All we can kind of do is look at certain things, measure how far in the ground it was and assume the date that it was, but we don't really know. So these are things that I have to continue to do as a historian, is continue to travel, continue to research. But the most interesting thing for me is to know more about ancient Africans in America. That is something that really fascinates me right now.
0: Awesome. And what's one thing that in your research you've learned recently since you've written the book?
1: I just learned that there's artifacts all over the world of of Africans, Um, You have, you know, in Australia, I recently learned about Egyptian artifacts in Australia being found. And we're asking like, you know, when we first started learning history, we started to think like, you know, we were told that Africans didn't travel very much by boat. And but we're finding, you know, African artifacts in South America, North America, Australia now, uh, some parts of China. So to see that this circumnavigation thing was not just a modern thing. So, you know, as you know, one would say in the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun, you know, things that we think that we're just inventing has been invented. Also learning about the mathematical system, about how the meter existed far before the French patented A lot of these different things that we're coming to learn today has been around. It just might have been named something different in ancient times. So, just to see those things is always beautiful for me to be enlightened and to continue to enlighten other people on this ancient science as well travel and science.
0: And digging deep. I oh. love your curiosity for sure. And then it opens up a whole <laughs> new book for you, right?
1: Yep. It's an adventure. You know, it's something that everyone should love because, you know, there's I'm sure there's things that we have done in this time frame that wasn't done then. And I'm sure they did things that isn't done today. So it's very good to have what they call the Sankofa mentality, which is looking back to know where you came from, to know where you possibly can go. So that's the mentality I take towards a historian approach.
0: Do you see the History Channel picking this up?
1: I hope so. I really do. I really hope
0: that'd be great.
1: I did an interview with the PBS recently, and I have one scheduled with BBC. So I'm really hoping that it picks up. I know that since the whole George Floyd thing happened, it started to open the door for African history to be spoken about. A lot more people are speaking about that we weren't always just an oppressed people, that we did great things before transatlantic slave trade. So it kind of opened up the door and opened people's eyes to thinking beyond what has been force-fed to us through the media and television. So And
0: books, history
1: books. And And history books as well, absolutely. So I think now we're thinking more on a broader perspective and people are opening up to it. So that's a good thing that I I see. And I hope, I really do hope eventually it will reach the History Channel.
0: Yes, so do I. Okay, so when you think of leadership today, Emmanuel, Mm -hmm. what most concerns you? And what are you most hopeful about?
1: Um, When I see leadership today, what concerns me in the world? The wars are the most concerning thing to me. To see people still being oppressed all over the world No matter what culture or race they are, for one reason or another, people are being oppressed. Uh, Another thing about leadership right now is the gas prices. Oh, they're ridiculous. (laughs) That's one thing. Besides that, I am encouraged to see more diversity and inclusion departments in schools which is a big plus to moving forward to this United Nations that the world is trying to be to bring together all these people from different cultures. If that's what it's going to be, that's what's needed is more diversity and inclusion. And I think that's a good part of leadership.
0: Yes, I love it. I am seeing that more and that's encouraging as well. Mm -hmm. So thanks. Now, you have an option here. You can take a question from a former guest. Or you can share a challenge or a struggle that you learned from.
1: I'll take the challenge one, the challenge that I learned from a struggle. When I was a young man, I was in third grade, and I did this project on King Tut, my father and I, and we made sure we got a mannequin, we got some cardboard, we spray painted it, turned it into a, a head, Egyptian head dress and all of that good stuff. And we took it to school and I did a great presentation on it as a young man. And I got a B minus and I was really hurt about that. And it kind of turned me off a little bit from African history to an extent. It kind of made me like people are just never going to get it. And this was a young man. I was in third grade when this happened. So as I grew up, I got into the music industry and I was doing many different things. And my father kept saying, hey, what about this? You were really passionate about African history when you were young. Why have you gotten away from it? And I was like, eh, nah, you know, the challenge of getting that B minus kind of made me feel like people are never going to open up to this, not in this world that we live right now. So getting back to it was really a challenge for me, especially once the harsh criticism started to come for me because, you know, now I was getting death threats. So it was at a whole nother level for me to stick with it. Getting back to my roots and educating others, it was definitely tough. And I had to overcome it by constantly having a good circle around me and also truly asking myself, is this really what you believe? And if it's really what you believe, you should die on your sword, you know, and that's the mentality that I take.
0: I mean, it seems like you were born to do this. Is that how you feel?
1: I felt like that. I do absolutely believe it was my path. You know, my mother was a Pan-Africanist. She's African-American and my father's from Cameroon. So I'm kind of like a bridge between Africa and African-Americans. So using that to kind of bridge the gap and also to educate other cultures about African history and how important it is to them. You know, we call Mama Africa, Mama Africa for a reason, because this is what science says is the birthplace of all humanity. So this Africa matters to everybody.
0: Super important. I mean, when I heard you speak, I went on Amazon and got your book. So I have it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. 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 Thank you for the purchase. So
0: much to learn. So much to learn. Um, And so I appreciate that it's in that one intense book and I'm sure there'll be many others. And so I'm looking forward to that. Now, Emmanuel, as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Like, what are you curious about?
1: When things get tough, what will you do? When things get tough for something that you love, what will you do? whether it's a business, whether it's a person, whatever it is, when things get tough, what will you do? Will you prove yourself or will you run? That's my biggest challenge I ask to anyone I ever work with. How do you handle when the challenges come? And I think that's important for anyone who claims to be a leader because as a leader, we have to have enough answers to convince other people to follow us. So that is something I think that every leader needs to ask himself.
0: I think that's a super important question because challenges will come. It's Mm. inevitable. They will come. And how we prepare for that is important. And how we learn through that is important as well. And so I appreciate this. It's a great question. We'll certainly pose it to our future leaders coming on the podcast. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: What i like to share with everyone is to, you know, believe in what you do, whether you're a writer, an entertainer, educator, believe in it wholeheartedly before you go in it. We have a lot of people that go into things for finances. I've done that. I'm in the world of social work. I'm a social worker myself, and I've got into certain fields, more or less for money, and it didn't work out for me, you know. So I'm a firm believer of doing what you love do exactly what you love doing do something that's meaningful to you. Okay, so make sure you're not wasting your time. I know a lot of writers that are out there. They're just picking up a pen and they're just writing Have a purpose in what you're doing. Let it be you be it, you know, don't just half do it be what you're trying to deliver to everyone else be that be that example, be that role model. Also, make sure you have your information right if you're educating others on something else.
0: Right. And you're certainly doing this, Emmanuel. Thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.